0: Phoenix FM Yes it is it's film reviews and movie news I'm Stuart Pink and joining me as always is a man who recently got into a little bit of trouble uh, when instead of doing the Joe Wicks workout accidentally started the John Wick workout. It's Mark Seaby. <laughs> Hello. Um, Hello. Did you I recover from What a workout. I mean, what a workout,
1: really. Let's face it. Let's. Fa- I mean, yeah. listen, if it's going to make me look as good as Keanu Reeves does in his 50s, <laughs> then let me do that workout. I'll be honest. Uh, great. Yeah. Fantastic.
0: Um, just tell the next door neighbor's dog to beware. Oh. <sighs> Oh, I feel emotional. Why session. have you brought that, that up? Oh no! Why I'm not about to ruin a good Friday afternoon? Oh, <laughs>
1: oh dear.
0: Yeah, Joe, I'd love to see that battle though. Joe Wicks versus John Wick. John Wick for the home workout. You Do
1: remember? you know what? It would be the battle of hair, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you know, slightly permed versus slightly straight. permed long-ish hair compared to very long straight hair. Um, yeah, yeah, they'd have to do it uh, in in like some sort of rainy conditions as well. You know, like in the 90s where you had <laughs> boy band music videos that were always in the rain. And they could, <laughs> that's what it could be, yes. basically. Gary yes. Barlow
0: could direct it. Yeah. Yeah, a uh, uh, oh, great idea. I'm not, to be honest, the money's Wick. not on Joe Wicks. He keeps yeah, injuring I himself. I not No, I don't.
1: Just whisper it though, because obviously if he hears, he might come round and make you do two sessions of PE.
0: Okay, right, forty-five star jumps. uh, Yeah,
1: which you know, (laughs) listen, nobody wants that. Nobody wants it. Um, Carry on, Joe. I'll just sit on the sofa (laughs) eating my chocolate biscuits while you're going, yeah, come on, come You're on. You're making I'm going, me yes, feel healthy on. just by watching
0: <laughs> you. That's that's enough.
1: I feel so healthy watching him. It's unbelievable. Anyway, open that other packet of biscuits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how are you, Mark? Yes, I'm very good, thanks. Um, Bit of interesting movie news this week, actually. So mm. I'm going to put a question to you. Um, how would bitter, you isn't? like a film that delves into the origins of Willy Wonka?
0: Oh, the origins of Willy Wonka. Yeah. Oh, now this sounds like fun. How oh, did he meet the Oompa Loompas?
1: Yeah. And so... And yes. So there is a film scheduled for release, 2023. So a while yet. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of a wait. Um, and it is going to <laughs> delve into the origin story of Willy Wonka before, oh. obviously, he... Um, secluded himself away before he isolated factory. himself away at the chocolate factory which let's face pioneer. it <laughs> yeah let's face it isolating in a chocolate factory sounds amazing to me it really does um, I mean if you're
0: going to live lockdown that is the way to do it that's the way to do it isn't yeah. it yes oh, um,
1: so they're they're making this film which is a an origin story of Willy Wonka through his teenage and 20 something and 30 something years i believe uh, mm-hmm. that's where it's going to be when this turned up, I'm like, well, why do we want this? Because we kind of had this in the Tim Burton, Johnny Depp version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and it didn't really play that well, let's face it. was face a bit it.
0: extra, wasn't it? I can't quite remember now what it happened. It was a little bit
1: dark. I mean, it's Tim Burton so, to be expected, well, yeah. I guess. But, um, yeah, it's a <laughs> bit, but it, you know, nobody wants an origin story of Willy Wonka. They're just like, look, he's, he's, a, he's a zany, um, mad professor. Uh, leave him at that. However, here's the thing. It's been written and directed by Paul King, the man who wrote and directed the Paddington films.
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, this is the reaction a lot of people
1: get, where you say to them, yeah, there's a Willy Wonka origin film coming out, and they go, oh, really? and you go, <laughs> but it's directed by Paul King, who did Paddington films, and everybody goes, oh, uh, mm, mm. I'm interested
0: now. Hugh Grant, going to be the bad guy who tried to steal the recipe. I can well, just see it.
1: I wonder who they're going to get to play Willy Wonka. I mean, obviously, they haven't started casting or anything yet. Uh, But I did put out on social media uh, earlier in the week that I would love to see Simon Farnaby play all of the umpa lumpers. To me, Simon Simon Farnaby Farnaby is one of the most underrated British comedic writers and actors around. He's absolutely hilarious in everything. I think a lot of people probably will know him from uh, the BBC TV show Ghosts, where he plays the politician that uh, died on the job. Um, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I've just, I've just looked him up. I had to Google him. Right. Okay. Uh, he was um, in Paddington too. He That's... was in Paddington
1: too. He's been in a lot of comedy films. Uh, he was in Mindhorn as well, which I thought he was brilliant in. He's a genuine mm-hmm. comedy talent. So if he could play all of the Lumpers like l- differently, <laughs> I think it would be brilliant. It would be hilarious. That would be quite fun. The same yeah. guy
0: playing every single one. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, interesting. Idea, I guess, Mm, but as we know, the the Roald Dahl uh, catalog is now being exploited
0: big time, yeah,
1: big time, yeah. I mean, we've all we saw obviously at Christmas, if anybody saw it on Sky One, I think it was. Um, what was it, Beatrix and Roald? Something, something, it was like a TV movie with Dawn French in it and whatever else, anyway. It's recorded, I didn't get to watch it, okay. Um, well. Next month, there is a film coming out called To Olivia, which is a story about Roald Dahl and his family as well. Oh. So somewhere along the line, clearly, some copywriters lapsed or the estate yeah. has decided, you know what, let's start putting stuff out. Because obviously Netflix are making some, I don't know, I don't think it's movies, is it? I think it's TV series based on some of Dahl's work. I want to say Charlie the Chocolate Factory, but it can't be. It must be something oh. else. Um, so... Roll will be Suddenly in he's, he's in vogue. Yeah. A- again, well, I mean, let's face it, he never really went out of vogue, did he? It's just in no. terms of on the big screen, we haven't seen stuff for quite a while. You know, The Witches, obviously, last year came out and that was the first one in, in a long oh, yeah, time, yeah. really. So Dahl on the big screen has a very bumpy ride. Let's face it, Steven Spielberg's a BFG. I don't think it's very good. The Witches remake that happened I wasn't a big fan of, but The Witches, the original version, great. Charlie and Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder, fantastic. Um, oh, yes. You know, the, the Johnny Depp version, mm, not so much. So it's got a very up and down.
0: It's a tough game. To yeah, do the, it is. Charlie Fox, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well-dial remake. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> got to dial it up a notch. Oh, no. Oh, no. So
1: two more years, we will get a Willy Wonka origin story.
0: Mm. I'm just going to put it out there. I think if they're going to remake the Twits, I me and you were in with a shout.
1: Do you know there. what? I'd be happy with that because, yeah. honestly, that's one of my favourite books. Like top five <laughs> doll books. The Twits yes. is in there. Um, amazing yeah it's absolutely brilliant uh, i think we'd be great at it um i've only just shaved my beard off actually from christmas so um, no. <laughs> it wouldn't take me long to grow it back as well that's the thing yeah. so well, i've
0: still got one we're all good we're good I to think, go just I turn everything upside really down. and Neither i have to say
1: having not been out of the house in a while um have uh, <laughs> haven't been wearing deodorant so um <laughs> 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 yes i think we'd be good at it yeah and you know the the name suits us quite well the twits
0: yeah, I think it was already a uh, radio unofficial name, nicknames. Yes,
1: yes, <laughs> yes. When the powers that be at Phoenix uh, were like, "Oh no, it's the twits doing this film stuff." Here, isn't here it. they go again. Yeah. <laughs> <on the> twits.
0: <laughs> oh, shall we do this week's film? So we got we got some some good filmage this week.
1: Yes, we've got four films to cover. So yeah, let's get on with that. Let's do that. This is Phoenix ninety eight FM.
0: It's Film Reviews and Movie News with me, Stuart Pink, and you, Mark C B. What um, we got next, Mark?
1: So <laughs> let's start with uh, a really big film on Netflix, actually, this week. It's called The White Tiger. Ooh, oh, The White Tiger. Yeah, it's the story of a poor Indian driver who must use his wit and cunning to break free from servitude to his rich masters and rise to the top. So on Netflix uh-huh. from, from now, basically. Um, Netflix basically have said that they're going to be releasing a big blockbuster-type movie, every single week this year, right? Oh,
0: fantastic. Thank you very much, Netflix.
1: Yeah, yeah. So not just, I mean, last year they released about 800 Netflix-only productions, but obviously they didn't release big blockbusters every single week. Now they've said that. What they're also doing is they're doubling down on their commitments to producing Bollywood movies for Netflix because oh, a yeah. lot of money in Bollywood movies, lot of money. So Netflix are like, yes, hello, cha-ching. Mm, we'll um, do that. <laughs> the White Tiger combines both worlds because it is a big budget adaptation of a best-selling novel Um
0: I thought I'd heard it before. Yes, yes,
1: huge, huge book, huge book. Like, you know, if you went into Waterstones or if you were at an airport or something, when it came out, I think it came out a few years ago, it was everywhere, basically. Um, Yeah. You know, that's the thing. So it does come with... Great Expectations, not the book. Obviously, that's a different book. Um, <laughs> like a bonus, added yeah. bonus, gets posted um, out to you. <laughs> and I have to say, I haven't read the book at all, so I, I have I've no idea what, what it's like okay. or anything else like that, but I will say that yeah. I was very impressed with this film. It is a rags-to-riches story set in, obviously, one of the most poorest slash richest countries in the world.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. We
1: yeah. are introduced to... Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of his name, Balram. That's it. We're introduced to Balram. He's a guy who wants more for his life rather than just being married off and living in the the, the slum village that he lives in, basically. So he mm. runs off to the big city and gets a job as a chauffeur to one of the country's most wealthiest and powerful families. And what we get initially here is that the film shows this big, rich and poor divide because Balram is, during the day, driving around in a four-by-four to some of the most prestigious um, locations in the city. Whereas at yeah. night, he's sleeping on a crate in the underground car park with the other chauffeurs. So oh, wow. You, yeah.
0: You, you get Big that. contrast.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You get that yin-yang to it, basically. Um, yeah. Something happens, which I won't say what it does because I think it would spoil a surprise, that suddenly changes Bowerham's life. And we start to see him become someone who will... And does eventually answer back to his employers, and I think this is where the film starts to take a path towards the the over overarching narrative, and that is it, bizarrely like like overthrowing the hierarchy basically. And it, here's the weird thing: I was watching it and I was thinking, you know, this reminds me a lot of Scarface, minus the the, the drugs and guns, but in some ways, yeah, Balram's ascent to be in the top one, being numero uno, very much mirrors Tony Montana's.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, thing here. As I said... Gangster
0: vibe to it. it,
1: It's difficult to say gangster vibe. It's even difficult to say crime, but at the same time, what he's doing would be described as crimes. I've got to say. And his whole Mm. life is changed based on what happened. Um, And his mindset gets changed as well. So we see how he... He uses things to exploit what he wants, basically. So I think yeah. not only have we got a film here that is about a person's ability to make a better life for himself, it's also about how about how going too far can turn you into a pretty reprehensible person, really. Um I yeah. think it is a very sharply observed piece that that goes on. The the longer it goes on, the more it does venture into crime film territory because of what Bowram doing. However, I hesitate to use the the phrase that it is a crime film. That's the thing. Um, I think certainly the the first the opening hour is very easy on the eye. It's quite fun. It's quite lighthearted, but at the same time, as I said, it's got that underlying uh, class divide, certainly in India. Yeah. Then it becomes a very dark, very devious piece of work. I mean, it is a cynical film. Don't get me wrong; it's really cynical. Um, it doesn't hold back in its social commentary of, the, of class structure in India. It's, it's really forthright in that, but it's yeah. got it's, it's peppered with humor all the way through. And it, 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 uh, to me, this is yes. a really impressive Netflix blockbuster. And as I said, you know the. They're now doubling down on blockbusters, they're doubling down on Bollywood films. Well, if this is the thing that, you know, meshes them both together, this is the start of it, then I'm looking forward to what they do next because this is, as I said, impressive, very impressive.
0: Fantastic. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing some of these. Some of the Bollywood films I've seen before, they've always got an original kind of story that you don't often see. Yes. Uh, you'd like an actor to Scarface, but hopefully we'll get some, some interesting new kind of stories yeah I'm
1: curious to see where they go I mean what you've got to remember as well is obviously Bollywood films they're like three hours huge song and dance numbers all incredibly colourful but also here's the interesting thing is that a lot of Bollywood films that broke out certainly here in the UK, into the box office top 10 over the years, have been remakes of big Hollywood blockbusters. I remember there was a Bollywood remake of Night and Day, the Tom Cruise, Cameron Diaz action oh, yeah. film. So oh, wow, had, that's a strange know, one. right? <laughs> so they'd remade that. There was another remake of some... Very strange film where you were like, oh, okay, they've remade that. And it was huge. Like it was bigger than the original one. I want to say it was like another action film or something, but I'm not sure it was. But yeah, there's a massive market for Bollywood movies. And obviously Netflix are, are digging into it, basically.
0: Tapping right into that. Excellent. So White Tiger was a roaring success. See, do you know what? I wrote that in my notes and I thought Uh, I'm not going to do that because that uh,
1: pun is too on the nose and also Stuart will probably do it. It's too bad and he's going to say that one. There we go. Yes.
0: (laughs) i'm pleased to be as predictable as that that's that's, that's good
1: (laughs) what we got next uh so on amazon prime uh this is an amazon prime exclusive here in the uk around the world it's already been released actually um this is a film called the rental it's about two couples who rent a vacation home for what should be a celebratory weekend getaway but it turns into something
0: much darker Oh, was it um, cancelled due to the coronavirus pandemic, and they couldn't get a refund, and the company went under, and stuff like that.
1: Mm, no, not no. not quite. Uh, oh. That would seem easy compared to what happens in this film. <laughs> um, what I should say about this film is that it's written by Joe Swanberg, who whose career has been about writing and directing some really good. Indie movies, such as uh, Drinking Buddies, that was a good comedy. Happy Christmas, bit of a melancholic Christmas movie that I really like. Uh, he also did the TV show Easy, which is really good as well. Um, he's not directing here. Instead, in the director's chair, for the first time ever, is Dave Franco, brother of James Franco.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: Nice. So obviously, you know, James Franco, normally we see him in films like Bad Neighbours. He's really good in that. Now You See Me, Six Underground. yeah. He's slowly creating a very interesting acting C V because he doesn't necessarily do the same things. He's a very good comedic actor, but you know, he's appearing in other things. So yeah, for the first time he's directing a film and it's a horror oh. film, which I think
0: nobody expected. That's the interesting thing. Yeah, you know, the amount of times comedy people go into horror is it seems to happen a lot. We well
1: comedy is horror. I mean you know this. <laughs> Can be.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: line. Um And the thing is, clearly, Dave Franco has studied some of the classic home invasion movies. And it does help when you have somebody like Joe Swanberg, who's written horror before as well, because this film does hit a lot of the tropes that home invasion horror flicks do. So that does feel like a bit of a letdown to see a film be that basic when it's coming to use horror themes, considering Joe Swanberg's written it. And, you know, clearly, Dave Franco is a, a, a fan of horror films. However... I will say it's enjoyable. It's it, you know it's fairly middling. Um, the the hardcore horror mm. fans probably won't find much enjoyment in this. But for those who are just you know occasionally dabble in the genre, there's some nice touches throughout. Um, I will say Toby Huss as Taylor, um, the guy who turns up to let them into the property, uh, plays it nice and creepy.
0: He's, I've seen a little clip of him in the trailer. I thought, oh, I wouldn't want to stay there with him. Yes, yes. He's the yeah. type of
1: person who, when you're driving to somewhere in the woods, he would be pumping the gas at the station. <laughs> That's how creepy he is. Okay? Yeah. Um, you know, it's the type of character you want in this film, basically. Uh, there's some entertaining and quite chilling moments But when two of the characters discover they're being secretly filmed as well. Uh, yes. Oh. I know it's been done before, but it is a little bit (laughs)
0: scary here. Um, It's done well. That's all right.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think the most impressive aspect of the film is its look. It's got this deep blue daytime hue to it. And then Mm. at night, it uses the blackness of the woods, almost like a character in itself. You know, we've, we've seen this before. What's out there we can't see, we don't know. Yeah. But some films don't use it enough. And I think this one does it very well. And I think Dave Franco's got a very good eye for good-looking films and cinematography as well. Mm. So I think going forward, if he's going to make more films, look out for them because they're clearly going to be very good-looking films. They're going to have a real nice look to them. So I think while the rental... Isn't going to pull up any trees in terms of, you know, great horror films at all. It is a nice little horror film. It does just enough to have a few scary moments. um, And it's got a few dodgy people in it. A few dodgy people. That's what we like. Yeah, a few few creepy people. Maybe that's the better word. A few creepy people in it and everything's sort of, hmm. Are they on the level? I'm not too sure. So, yeah, as I said, you know, (laughs) a, a good little film this is. Good little film. Nice. Another one to put you off your already. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> ab- yeah. It is. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Give a good uh, TripAdvisor rating, would you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Scored scored low due to the uh, the camera, the dark yeah, wood, and the very yeah. creepy guy who let me in.
1: Yeah. yeah, due to the numerous amount of cameras throughout and the really <laughs> strange guy. <laughs> who uh, seem to be appearing out of nowhere all the time, and also the hot tub not working as well, which the creepy guy came round and tried to get us all to go into.
0: Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. signs were all there, really, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, we've got two more films. Uh, this is available to rent, is it, presumably? Uh, it's on Amazon
1: Prime, so if you've got Amazon Prime, Amazon it's on Prime. there. But if you don't have Amazon Prime, I believe you can rent it. I think it's like $9.99 or something else like that. So if you don't have Amazon Prime, you can you know, one off payment to rent it for whatever it is 48 hours something like that I think. Rent the
0: rental 48 yeah. hours that's a long film uh, Oh, oh uh, they don't get any better than that. Oh. We'll do DVDs in a minute shall we Yes 98FM Yes, it is. It's film reviews and movie news with me, Stuart Pink, and Mr. Mark Seaby. Mark, what we got next? Mm, something to cheer us all up, I think. Uh, oh, gonna...
1: yes. Yeah, let's talk about a film called "The Broken Hearts Gallery." Um, the Broken is... Hearts yeah, Gallery. Yeah, it's a great title. It really is. So, this is a story about yeah. a young woman who, after a breakup, decides to start a gallery where people can leave trinkets from past
0: relationships. Oh. Yeah. That's quite a nice thing to do, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, exercising demons, shall we say, for some people. Um, <laughs> let me be honest about this. More films like this, please. Many oh. more films like this. You know, more films that tell the genuine heartbreaker splitting up with someone and never wanting to let go, even though, you know, it's bad for you. Honestly, this is one of the most honest portrayals of life after splitting up that I've seen. Now, granted does feel a bit zeitgeisty and also primarily for people in their 20s. Felt a bit old watching it, I've got to be honest.
0: Yeah, it feels like a bit of a teen flick.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. Yet there is something universal about the central idea in this film that we can't let go of that special person. That is until we cleanse ourselves of all the stupid things we kept through the years. (laughs) Great idea. So Lucy, the woman who opens this gallery, is giving everyone that cathartic experience to finally be able to get rid of those feelings. And as I said, in some cases, demons, really. And I think the film just has so much energy for those who feel they can never move on. Um, It's clearly written from a very experienced perspective by writer-director Natalie Krinsky. It's so supremely written that, to me, a person who is about... Two decades out of the age range that this is aimed at. <laughs> it reminded me of when I was a teenager and I first saw Swingers, the John Favreau Vince Vaughan film. And I oh, completely yeah. emphasized with the John Favreau character who was struggling to get over um uh, the love of his life and you know his mate was trying to take him out. And I think this film will do the same for people of, of that generation that swingers did for for blokes like me. Of, yeah, you know, coming up in the 90s. Um, the good thing about this film, and this is much like swingers, actually. Um, the cast is is nothing, you know, they're, they're not big people. They're not big names. That's the great thing about it. Mostly it's made up of actors that have appeared in big stuff, but a secondary roles. And I think this really mm. aids the film because you aren't thinking stuff like as if Brad Pitt needs to cleanse himself
0: of his ex. Yeah, I've seen that a few times. Yeah, you think, come on,
1: really? Come on, come on. Um, So you fall into the characters because you don't really know them and they sort of become like a person you see on the street most days and then they slowly become a friend. And, you know, all all of the characters in this film are modern, but their experiences of relationship breakups have not changed in years Centuries, millenniums, you know, all of that <laughs> this is how
0: everybody feels at the this time. Is, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. This is how everybody feels. So I think it's easily easy to be able to relate to what each of them is going through. Yet it's the gallery that sparks the freshness in the film. It's this liberating experience for all involved. And yes, along the way, romance is found and lost and yes there's some cliched moments what are you expecting however Obviously. yeah exactly. Yes. that's the thing yeah Got you're like oh, oh, oh i know what's gonna happen here i'm gonna roll my eyes but <laughs> it still feels really entertaining when you have a film that is this engaging and then it has you know somebody who is not really looking for love they're looking to get rid of love that's the interesting thing rid yourself mm. of those demons I keep using that word but you know ultimately that's what it is because they can't they can't move on basically i think wonderfully upbeat comedy with a big touch of romance obviously it's gonna be um yeah. that to, to me just left a, a really enchanting spell as i said more films like this please constantly upbeat constantly upbeat
0: and that's what we need at the moment yeah nice a bit of healing comedy yeah yeah, and that's what this is. It really is. Lovely. I think the only you say about there, there being an upcoming cast, uh, I've recognised Geraldine Fishmanathan. Okay. Uh, she was in Miracle Workers with Steve Buscemi. Right. This is a series. She was hilarious in that. So uh, I, I hope she goes on to do some good stuff. I think... I mean, she's a bit of a comedy genius.
1: Yeah, I think most of the people in this will go on to do really good stuff. And this film... Mm. I hope isn't forgotten. But what happened is these people will go on and do big stuff and become big stars. And then people turn around and go, Did you see Broken Hearts Gathering? And people go, No, I don't even know what that is. You go, You've got to see it. That was it's like got the all moment. All of a minute. Yeah, it's got all of a minute. That was the moment that they all broke out and casting directors and film directors and all of these saw them and saw what they could do on their own with funny, witty, romantic dialogue. And I think that's what you get with this film.
0: Nice. And this show, frankly, Uh,
1: that's (laughs) (laughs) broken arts gallery.
0: Lovely, a work of art, a masterpiece in the Mm. gallery.
1: Yes, lovely. What we got next? Uh, So on DVD and blu-ray and digital download this week we've got relic so for anybody who didn't see relic. it when uh when it was available on video on demand uh, last year so this is about a daughter a mother and a grandmother who are haunted by a manifestation of dementia that consumes their family's home so Ooh. yeah um on one level this is kind of just a, a haunted house flick Yes. However, it's using that haunting as a means to show how people with dementia can suffer in the same way that we watch scary movies, basically. Uh, you know, one okay. minute you're laughing and joking, the next you're scared and alone, basically. And Interesting I think, take on that. Yeah, it. Yeah. it is, yeah, absolutely. Now, this film came with a lot of big reviews when it got released last year, huge reviews. i was really looking forward to seeing this film. and I have to say, it came away, frankly not agreeing with them, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey, listen, I'm nothing if not honest. And if I don't like a film, that's what I'm going to say. that's that's why we get you in. And I'm happy to go against, uh, I'm happy to swim against the current on this one, to be honest. He is is a salmon. Yeah, I think (laughs) this one struggles to really lay out its side as to what angle it's taking and what it wants to say about dementia as well. There's some great moments in the film, Hmm. um, like when the mother is walking behind the grandmother trying to coax her back into the house. And then she turns and gives the most haunting of looks ever, honestly. <laughs> um, but it just feels like it needs to have it needs to have more impetus about everything that's doing it. I, I, for me, I don't think it quite achieved it because it yeah. becomes a bit of a muddled mess in the middle third of the film. It starts to flip between all three protagonists who are getting their own storylines but are not really worthy of their own. It, I, and I think it only really works when they're together trying to take on this unseen force. And Emily Mortimer, who I think is a great actress, she's absolutely fantastic. Every time she turns up, I'm like, yeah, fantastic. Um, I think she struggles here, but I think she struggles because of the the way that the script is written. Um, you know, you, you have this shell of a woman performance, basically, that I, I think... Is is really struggling to understand how dementia can affect everybody. Um, you know, because she's the strong one in the family, but has this never-ending misery just being pulled down on constantly, basically. And I think
0: yeah.
1: Emily Mortimer could have done more with this character, but probably the fact is if it's not on the page, she can't go any further. Yeah, because it's this is not mind. Yeah, this is not just a standard dementia film, as I said, it's 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 kind of a haunted house film as well. So yeah, trying to do something kind of clever there. It is, yeah, absolutely. And I'm appreciative of the fact that they've gone a different route and tried to mm. do something different. Um, you know, it, it's just a shame that it doesn't – it it's like a plodding mess, which yeah. is not a great <laughs> way to describe it, but it's what it feels like when I was watching it. I'm thinking, oh, it's trying to do something, but it's being stuck down by – lack of, not dialogue, but lack of being able to understand the narrative. I think that's the problem here. So it comes across as maybe a film that's a little bit too dry to be able to do what Mm. it wants to do. But, you know, you mentioned in there it's such an interesting idea to do, and it is, it really is. I just think it needed to be sharper in its analysis of not just dementia, but also how it's affecting the mother and, uh, sorry, the, yeah, the mother and the daughter.
0: Yeah. Do you think that maybe they tried to develop the other characters other than the mother a bit too much? and they got it, Possibly, yeah, I lines. think
1: so. Um, it's interesting as well because recently and going forward as well, there'll be a few more films about dementia as well. Um, yeah. A couple of years ago, we had The Leisure Seeker starring Donald Sutherland and coming up, we've got Anthony Hopkins in The Father, Um, which is Mm -hmm. all about dementia, and that takes a very different path. I can't review it yet, but it's interesting that all of a sudden we're getting a lot of films about dementia and they're they're looking at them from different angles. The Leisure Seeker just did a straight on, this person's got dementia, this is how his wife is dealing with it. And it didn't work because it felt felt too light. Um, Yeah. You know that's the thing. You really, I, I feel a... like you really got to dig into the depths of the struggles of dementia for the person who has it, and also the, the people around them as well. Um, mm. So the leisure seeker was too light, whereas this it feels like it's it's not finding the depths, the darkness that it needs to.
0: Yeah, oh, shame. Mm. Relic won't stand the test of time. Ooh, ooh, ooh. that work? Now? No. No, nah, not really. no, 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 no. <laughs> what have we got on the telly box this week, Ed Uh
1: So, yeah, it's, it's an eclectic week this week. So, Saturday night on Film 4 at 11.10pm, we have a film called The Endless.
0: The Endless. Yeah, so
1: this is a story about mm. um, a couple of kids who escape a UFO cult, okay? Oh, right? okay. But when they're adults... They go back to try and find answers after they start finding old videotapes of them in this cult, basically.
0: Oh.
1: I don't want to say too much more. However, I will say, directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who have now been tapped to go and make a TV show for Marvel. Um, these two guys, for me, can't put a foot wrong. Every single film that they've made so far has been a trip, a heady trip, as if nice. it's really twisted what you think of the genre is subverted a lot of things as well and the endless did that to me i was watching it i'm like okay right this is a film about cults and trying to understand where you were and how you escaped and then the last half an hour oh my goodness Oh, my goodness. I can't say any more. It all went off, did it? It, it, Honestly, it was brilliant. I was blown away by this. I mean, I love this film. I love their other film, Spring. They've got another film, which actually we're going to review next week as well, called Synchronic. But as I said, they change things up. They're not, they're they're defying the laws of narrative cinema. And I think that's the great thing about it. So, yeah, this is, yeah, for me, it's such a great film. It really is. It, It you know, if you've seen a rival, you know with Amy Adams. Oh yeah, yeah. It, if you sort of thought that Amy Adams was their mother, and this is them trying to understand why she was in this thing with the UFOs and whatever else, then it could be a spiritual sequel to that. Okay. But it's so much yeah. more. It's it's an investigative um, drama. Thriller, sci-fi movie. You know, I mean, it's all of these things. Blend. And the, yeah, yeah, all of these things. It really is great film. Absolutely love it. Really do. Really good filmmaking. Cool.
0: Where's where where are we?
1: So this is Saturday night film four, 10 past eleven.
0: Oh, it's a late one.
1: It is. It is. And speaking night, of late ones, um, the next film is actually later than that. It's eleven thirty-five on Sunday <gasps> night on BBC Two.
0: Oh, if you put it in all night or on Sunday,
1: yeah. Let's do it. However, it's worth staying up for. But you'll need a box of tissues. It's a weepy. It's oh. a real weepy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The Light Between Oceans, starring Michael Fassmender and Alicia Vikander and Rachel Weisz as well. Actually, she's oh, well. good cast. Yeah. Um, it's it's a story about a lighthouse keeper and his wife who live off the coast of um, Australia actually um and they decide to raise a baby that they rescue from a drifting rowboat
0: oh wow oh. yeah
1: yeah now it's so much more than that let me say that it's it's a an in-depth analysis of relationships and isolation <laughs> very um, timely viewing yeah um and you know the the struggles um that go with that and the the everything that goes with just being out on an island on your own basically um yeah. and then all of a sudden something coming into your life that you're not prepared for and how do you deal with that as well so yeah i'm I'm a mm. big fan of this as I said tissues at the ready I saw this um on the big screen and I cried twice.
0: Um, oh no! Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it was Ooh. fine. I was on
1: the front row of the cinema, so nobody yeah, no saw, saw you. me crying. <laughs> uh, and I waited uh, uh, until the end, until the credits had finished before I left as well, just to compose
0: myself a bit. Just really paying a lot of attention to the names. Like of this. That's, a, that's yes. exactly what
1: it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Had to strain so, your
0: eyes a lot, and they would a bit.
1: That's the thing. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah, it's a, it's a real tearjerker. This one, it really is. Um, uh-huh. Beautifully made. Um, you know, the, it's all about what you think is right or what you think is wrong and everything else like that I think it's beautifully shot as well um, it's just
0: wonderful it's just wonderful it really is lovely stuff Wednesdays late night on Sunday yeah
1: yeah yeah so uh, late night on Sunday basically so it's on BBC to 1135
0: it's in the planner because you know my bedtime is is after that so I'll have to record it and then watch it yeah I mean record it day. obviously
1: because I mean <laughs> nobody's going straight to bed after this film you need to decompress oh, because it's so yeah. emotional. That's the thing.
0: You need to beat some ice cream and play some games. Jeez, oh, I
1: could have done with some ice cream afterwards, to be honest with you. <laughs> what have we got to look forward to next week, Mark? So next week we're going to be talking about a film on Netflix called The Dig, which is a true story all about mm. um, an excavation dig that happened just across the border, actually, in Suffolk. Um, Sponsored by JCB? It's not, no. No? Oh, no. Okay. no.
0: <laughs> just checking.
1: Uh, we're going to be talking about a film called Synchronic, starring Anthony Mackie. Oh, yes. as
0: previously mentioned, but yes. With, with who?
1: Yeah. Um. On DVD, we're going to be talking about a film called Bill and Ted Face the Music. <laughs>
0: yes. 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 I'll it's get the weaser out. Uh, and
1: there we go. We've got another British film to finish on on DVD. It's called Twenty Three Walks.
0: Twenty Three Walks. Oh, yes.
1: And it has got something to do with dogs.
0: Okay. Dice. Mm. They've been tracking my... I mean, I've just got one of those uh, step counter things and I wonder if they've tracked where I've been and made a film about it. Is that, <laughs> that what it is?
1: It's not like that, no. No? No, oh, okay. uh, no definitely not.
0: Just no. checking before you talk about it in case uh, you know, <laughs> they've, they've been following me.
1: Yeah, in case you go, oh, I haven't done enough steps today
0: compared to those people in 23 walks. Yeah, I've only done two. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Well, can't I look forward to that. Yeah. I'll I'll bring the pedometer Yes, and an the
1: eclectic week next week.
0: That's what we like. But is it, it a good week? That's the th- Is it a good week? Oh, we will stay tuned. We'll find out.
1: Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> See you there. Bye. Phoenix98FM.
0: Go to phoenixfm.com and listen to online guest interviews, check the events for your area, and listen to great radio online. Phoenix FM FM
1: FM